Welcome to the 14 Wins Podcast, where we discuss the UFO phenomenon and all of its related high strangeness. I'm Bones, and with us is Rom X. Hey, everybody. And Rom, uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some good stuff here, mainly UFOs and religion. We promised our listeners we'd, we'd uh, jump into that uh, last episode, and there's just so much to, to talk about. Let's just jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think on this one, we're going to skip current events because there's so much going on in current events that we're going to actually save that for our next podcast. We're going to talk about current events in the government, in the U.S., as well as what's going on in Peru. So this one, though, it's such a big subject and we've kind of been building up toward it, I feel, with the Hitchhiker episode. And then we talked about possession and now UFOs and religion. I think when we talked about possession, it was inevitable that we had to discuss UFOs and religion a little bit. Right. That makes sense. And if you look at our website, there's a couple articles on UFOs and religion or just religion in general. And one of them is really about angels in the Bible. So let me start there. Okay. And what we did was we basically went through and we pulled all of the descriptions of angels in the Bible. What did people see? Because the subject in UFOs comes up a lot. Are, are, is what we're dealing with angels or demons? And we talked about possession and how there is maybe a couple related instances of possession and, and UFOs. So there's definitely not a one-to-one connection there. There's more cases of possession that happen away from UFOs than there are that happen around UFOs. So right. we're, we're not saying that UFOs and possession are necessarily related. The question we had was, this keeps coming up a lot. You know, how related are these things to poltergeists? How related are they to ghosts? You know what? We don't know. That's that's the bottom right. line. Right? That's the bottom line. One of, well, one of the connections, I mean, you know how uh, there is that, uh, that notion that someone who does have uh, an experience with a UFO sometimes carries it with them? Mm-hmm. And it can some and often spread to their family and all that. I found that you know it's it's kind of a similar situation with possession, where right. it's it kind of you know it's related in a way where people kind of have the same experiences. The closer they are to each other, right? And so when we that naturally led us to to the question of possession and the hitchhiker phenomenon, right? So when we looked into possession, we said, number one, there is a very real phenomenon around possession, but it doesn't seem necessarily related to UFOs. In some instances, it is. So as far as what that means to UFOs and religion, I think it means what we find in the history of religion. And I don't just mean Christian religion, because a lot of ufologists from across the globe have examined their own religions and their own cultures and looked for UFO-related material, and they find it, right? Right. One of the most well-known cases that, that gets UFOs and religion mixed up is the miracle at Fatima. Are you familiar with this? Uh, no. So the miracle at Fatima happens in Portugal in the early 20th century, the 1900s. A couple of kids, or three kids, see an apparition 
and the apparition tells them to come back to this spot and all these things happen and more and more people witness it. They tell more and more people to come back. And eventually there's a huge crowd, tens of thousands of people out there and they all witness this thing. And this is now acknowledged by the Catholic Church as a, as a miracle. And many of these people witnessed a UFO. They, they witnessed a silver disc in the sky. Oh. oh, okay. And there were all sorts of effects that happened in the crowd. There were people that were healed and there were people that were claimed to be injured. And the experiences among them was subjective just like we've talked about in other episodes. So it appears to be a UFO event in the most classic of senses. And then you had the Catholic Church call it a miracle. The same Catholic Church that has been covering up UFOs, mind you. Right. We know for sure. David Grush came out and said that we, we got one of those on a tip from the, the Vatican. We got one of those UFOs in our possession in America. Right. That was post-World War II, right? That was from... Right. Yeah. So we we mentioned this briefly before. How long has the Vatican known? And I think since the beginning is my answer. That if you're asking me what, what, what I think, you know, I, and when it comes, this is important, when it comes to UFOs and religion, and when we say, yes, we think UFOs have gotten mixed up in religion, that does not mean that we think UFOs are responsible for your religion. Right. And that doesn't mean that your religion is wrong. It just means that sometimes these these UFO knots, whatever they may be, seem to interfere. So we you know, we just mentioned that the miracle of Fatima, but Jacques Vallée gets much more ambitious. He goes into all sorts of miracles in the Bible and talks about other religions as well. Hmm. So where does he get off saying that? He gets off saying that the same place historians and theologians get off saying it. They look at primary source material. So everyone should understand when we say this and why do we say it and what evidence is there? What evidence is there that UFOs have gotten mixed up in religion? Well, what evidence is there of, of the miracle in the first place? It's the accounts of the witnesses at the time. Right. It's through the accounts of the witnesses at the time that we know much about Jesus. So that's the same thing with some of these UFO events that surround what what was called previously a miracle. Right. It's the primary source material that you have to look at. So when Valet looks at some of this primary source material, and I wouldn't even say Valet is that the main researcher that I would point to on this one. He kind of was one of the godfathers, along with John Keel, to, to go through history and start saying, okay, where did the phenomenon poke its head in? And then he started, to, along with Keel, decide who was first. I think Fort may have been before both of them. But right. uh, <laughs> one of them started saying, well, it looks like UFOs and religion got mixed up. Right. But there's a professor today, a professor named Diana Pasolka from Berkeley and she's a religious studies professor and she's also a devout Catholic and she wrote a great book on the subject called American Cosmic and she talks about this research she talks about how the research is conducted I mean who better than an expert in religious studies to tell you how, how is any evidence gathered of, of what happened during a religious right. event 
And she, her conclusion is that this phenomenon is all sorts of mixed up with religion. Hmm. That does not mean that you shouldn't have faith. And we want to be super careful about that because going back to our possession episode and our episode before that about the hitchhiker phenomenon, and granted, we're getting into territory we don't understand at all. So these are, <laughs> these are guesses. Right. Um, but going back into that, what we seem to have discovered is that belief plays a big part in this and that our expectations and perhaps it has something to do with quantum entanglement and I, I really think that there's a technology involved here, that there's something here that they mess with our consciousness. They can either alter it or cause us to perceive things that aren't there or maybe cause us to seize whatever it wants, maybe materialize whatever it wants in a way. We don't know, but those capabilities are there. So one of the reported defenses against those capabilities that abductees have reported, contactees have reported. One thing that seems to scare the phenomenon away sometimes, I wouldn't bet on this, but sometimes, is faith. This happens all over the place in Western culture, in Christian reports, where they say, I, you know, I called on the name of Jesus and these things disappeared. There's even a case that goes back, I would call it the, I, I really want to do an episode on this and we'll do it later, but please look this up. The case of Jacob Jacobson. And it happened in the, in the 1700s, and he uh, was abducted by fairies. It was identical to an alien abduction case. So we'll talk about that at another time, but that just goes to show you that these things were around back then and they were appearing as all sorts of things. And I think that that connection between fairies and religion is super important because the fairies were interacting with people prior to the alien, quote unquote aliens, right? right. Now, now we have aliens. And those fairies influenced the Christian religion heavily in Western culture. Our ideas of what, what the devil looks like and angels look like are all coming mostly from these pagan fairy religions. But we should emphasize that this is not just Western and it's not just Christian religion. So Islam is a really good example of, I think, what a lot of ufologists think is maybe a cosmology that exists within this phenomenon. And in Islam, you have, you know, God and the devil sort of at the top. And, and I would point out that in pretty much all Abrahamic religions, God is way above the devil. Like those two things are not equal. Right. Uh, and then you have angels and demons. Right. And pretty much every angel and demon fight that I've ever read, angels win. So, again, right. you, you got to sort of wonder about that, that hierarchy. And then you have jinn. And these jinn are very much like fairy genies, right? They come up King of Solomon, um, you know, Tales of Solomon. So jinn are not as powerful as angels or demons. They are more like us. They have mates. They have tribes. They are good and bad. They have different feelings and emotions. And this sounds a lot like some of the entities that people interact with. So jinn folklore is looked upon as possibly being very related to the phenomenon among ufologists. And I think Mormonism is embraces uh, star beings as well. Right. Mormonism, the one that has, that's not, Z, no, that's Scientology. I'm thinking of Xenu. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Scientology. That'd be a UFO cult. I mean. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh, and there's a number of those, right? Heaven's Gate was one of those. Right. 
Yeah. It it's never seemed to go well. Um, worshiping UFOs wouldn't recommend right. it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, as far as this phenomenon getting mixed up in religion, I, I guess that's that's the big takeaway that we have to we have to take is that yes, it did it did get mixed up in religion. Why? It, and moreover, it seems interested in religion, fascinated by it. It's constantly right. asking abductees about you know religion. Right. Well, you know, they don't uh, they don't look at outer space as objectively as we do in modern times, right? I mean, they looked at the heavens they, and for answers all the time. So yeah, it, it seems very feasible that there would be a a mix between some type of uh, alien identity and angel. Right. When you're looking at the stars every night and not a TV, it seems like more likely something could come up come from out there even even though we don't know if it's from out there right um, it might be you know it, it's it's looking like that's a very strong possibility these days it's extraterrestrial yep. why would they do that why would they mess with our religion well that sort of makes a lot of sense you know you you move humanity and when you this gets into uh, again i want to focus on the west here because that's what i know best and Christianity. So the first few hundred years of Christianity were absolutely wild. And there was all sorts of different sects. And there was all sorts of different books of the Bible. Um, the Book of Enoch comes up a lot. I was actually just writing an article for their 14 Winds website. We'll put out with this one about the Book of Enoch. And uh, that's a book that talks about these group of angels that was sent to watch over humanity and then the angels got lusty and came down and started mating with human women and they had hybrid creatures Hmm. called the Nephilim and you know a lot of UFO researchers have pointed out and said that's a UFO story it's a hybridization story and it goes pretty bad because these Nephilim turn out to be giants and monstrous and cannibals and terrible and destroying and raping and pillaging all over the earth. And then God brings down the flood and wipes them all out. Right. Maybe that's a pre-flood myth some of some sort being retold. Um, we're not really sure. But that, that was before Christ, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and interestingly, the, the book of Enoch, though we talk about primary sources and the importance of primary sources. So, obviously, the age of the source is super important. So, when we talk about the book of Enoch, it's among the oldest Christian scripts that have ever been found. It was found among the Dead Sea Scrolls. So, that's one of the oldest pieces of the Bible we have. And it's not even in today's normal New Testament or Old Testament of the Bible. Hmm. It was removed. Yeah, it's real interesting. It was removed at the Council of Nicaea. So at the Council of Nicaea, this is 300 years after Christ's death. I mean, you know, at that point, then they decided what Christianity was going to be. So it was something very different before then. So one misconception is that there was one Gnostic sect, which was there was a bunch of mystical sects of Christianity that were presumably interacting with beings from beyond or or allegedly part of their religion right 
And so these these Gnostic sects are often referred to as one. Oh, they were a Gnostic Christian. He's a Gnostic. So that's not correct. Historically, there was tons of these Gnostic sects. There wasn't one. They're just referred to as the Gnostics because they were all mystical. And mysticism was a huge part of Christianity all the way until 300 years after Christ's death. So whatever we have today, with all that mysticism, not just removed, but perceived as evil, as perceived as devil, right? Hmm. That that was not the, the case in the first few hundred years of Christianity. Right. Because those other books were in play. So I would encourage people to go read those other books. That's primary source material. They're books of the Bible. And 300 years after Christ's death, a bunch of priests decided that they weren't going to include it. Doesn't mean you shouldn't read them. Right. So we're, we're actually in favor of religion because we think it's probably the cheapest and easiest defense against this phenomenon is faith. So since we're on the topic, something just uh, popped up in my head. And there was that story that came out where NASA actually had um, a large discussion with like, uh, I think, two dozen religious leaders uh, about how the general populace uh, could react to uh, disclosure. UFO disclosure. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Good point. I mean, this is probably preventing disclosure in some way. Religion? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And Lou Elizondo has said that. He said that somebody pulled him into his office and, you know, said, what you're messing with is demons. Oh, jeez. They don't want to study it. So there's a Fortian who's done a bunch of research into this that we don't bring up often enough. And it's a good one named Nick Redfern. And he's done a lot of writing on the phenomenon. And he's done some work on this group of congressmen called the Collins Elite. And the Collins Elite is an informal group in Congress of really religious Congress people. And this group gets together and they talk about how to vote on certain issues in order to promote their religion. And the religion is Christianity. Mm-hmm. So this Collins elite group has long been rumored to be against UFO disclosure. Hmm. And we're going to talk about what's going on with UFO disclosure on the next episode. But there are some Republicans in Congress, the key Republican leadership, that I would guess were in the Collins elite group. It's not like they published their membership. Um but I would guess, you know, like Mike Johnson, who's a Speaker of the House, can't get any more Christian or religious than him. Right, right. And he's trying to get in the way of the Schumer Amendment, which is a bipartisan bill to pave a way for UFO disclosure. Both President Trump and President Biden have paved the way for that Schumer Amendment bill. Right. So why are these guys getting in the way of it all of a sudden? I mean, money is obviously one reason. You know, right. um, but we're getting into we're getting into see territory where we're more comfortable. <laughs> right. It's easy for me to walk away from UFOs and religion because it, you can tell it's just a subject that makes me uncomfortable because it gets into beliefs. Yeah. And w- we just told you that your beliefs are a protection against the phenomenon. So why would I want to get in the way of people's beliefs? Right. Well, it's those who are in power. That use those beliefs for for power and money. That's right. Yeah. 
that are pushing a narrative, a narrative and an agenda of their own. Yeah. And that, anyone getting in the way of disclosure at this point is ignoring all the people that are being harmed by this phenomenon. Right. That's true, too. But don't tell me it's it's all for our benefit. I mean, go tell all these abductees that. Right. Go tell me you're keeping it a secret for their benefit. Uh, oh, see, we're, we're, here we go. We're, the next episode is going to be a doozy, folks, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stay <laughs> with religion. Uh, right. And w- what we really wanted to say here is yes, like, yes, it has been involved in religious events. And we right. can say that because of the primary source material. You can look at Diana Pasolka's work. You can look at Jacques Vallée's work. They point to primary source material. And if you don't like their research and if you think they're, they're full of it, then that's fine. That's the evidence. That's the right. evidence that we would use to, to say, yeah, probably it does look like this phenomenon has gotten mixed up in our religion. Right. So there, there are some, some people who specialize in that part. And we are definitely not them. So we're looking forward to talking about Peru and what's going on down there in the next episode, both with the mummies and with the uh, attacks on the Akitu people. And we want to talk about what's going on with the U.S. government because there's a whole lot. And um, yeah, yeah, there's a whole lot that's come out. But yeah, it's developing as we speak. It is. But as this comes up, this is a good opportunity for us to mention this. I've started to see... The phenomenon research and people researching the phenomenon and people that I'm interacting with in the UFO community, really in one of two categories, because I'm talking to people from the outside and they're like, oh, you're a UFO researcher like this guy. And I'm like, "Uh, not really. We do completely different things, but we're both into UFOs. Um, So just to clarify for people like where we are and where we sit on all this, I, I, I would I would look at these things as two different things. I would look at there's a push and a path towards disclosure happening right now. And there are people who are helping socialize that and talking about it. And that's great. And then there is the UFO research, which has been going on for, I don't know, 100 years at least. And that really is the part we're more interested in. Right. Um, because this government stuff, I'm, I'd be very interested in whatever data they're willing to share. And I'm interested in what, what they're talking about because it kind of tells us where we should be looking on the research side. But we are into the UFO research. So- right. But again, I mean, think about that, uh, just the implications of NASA. When you talk about scientific research and development, you think NASA, right, the pinnacle of that in the world. And mm-hmm. it just was, I think, 2016 they were actually asking what if what if we do actually disclose i I think that's huge nasa who is you would think the most you know atheist organization on the (laughs) planet right meeting with a bunch of religious leaders yeah it's, it's it's interesting it's interesting but we know that like the catholic church got tried to get ahead of this you know right. years ago true the pope said hey we're cool with extraterrestrials and if they're here that's totally fine right. catholicism is still fine and i i'll kind of like i like his his stance on that i i'm yeah, gonna respect that. that i think he said the same thing about uh evolution too he's like you know we could still hang it's yeah okay yeah it's a smart pope yeah. yeah he's taking a lot of heat for it though oh yeah Strange times. Yeah, uh, that's UFOs and religion. Um, maybe we'll come back to this. 
I feel like it's a it's a big subject, but it will come back. We'll it's naturally going to come back, right? Yeah, but yeah. We, we wanted to introduce you to those basic ideas of yes, it's been involved. You can look at the primary source material, and then maybe we'll talk about some more specific things later on down the road. Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to next time. We're gonna tear it up. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is the 14 Wins Podcast. Have a good one. Take care, y'all. Thank you.